Hello and welcome back. I am a co-host, Samantha Farlow, with the Garrison Public Affairs Office. And I'm another co-host, Corporal Brianna Dew, with the 1st Cavalry Division Band. And I'm the next co-host, Specialist Kyra Pearl with the 11th Signal Brigade. And this is Fort Hood's Great Great Big Podcast. Podcast. Flash floods in Central Texas happen within only a few hours of rain. Every year, more than 80% of flood fatalities involve vehicles, and about 10 people drown in their vehicles each year in Texas. Vehicles of every size can lose control, float, and roll over in flood conditions. Is taking the risk worth it? Is it worth the risk of leaving loved ones behind? Overconfidence kills. Don't drive through flood water. It's not worth it. Welcome back. Today we have with us the Garrison Commander, Colonel Chad R. Foster. Sir, thanks so much for being on the show with us today. Hey, yet again, it's a great day here at the Great Place, it and is. I'm happy to be here with you. Yeah, we appreciate it. So we are going to be talking quite a few amount of topics today. Yes. Um, we're going to start off with leadership and how important it is. And sir, I know you have your own titled leadership brand that you've got. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Well, again, a far more, far more <laughs> grandiose label than what is probably warranted. But, you know, I always uh, talk about investing in people. You know, everyone, uh, well, occasionally you'll hear folks say, you know, whether they're commanders or leaders at any level, and they'll declare themselves to be a, a systems person. And absolutely, systems are important. You know, that's how you... Uh, you ensure the efficient use of resources. You ensure you know transparency, consistency across a very wide enterprise. However, the most important thing that we have in our organizations are our people. And if you invest in them, uh, you're going to get huge dividends, huge returns uh, on a magnitude that's just not possible through any other investment. And no matter how good your systems might be, if the people within those systems aren't of the highest quality, if they're not empowered, if they don't feel like they're valued members of the team, it doesn't matter how good your systems are. Your systems are going to ultimately fail pretty, pretty badly. And even if the systems are, are magnificent, you know, we have people in the systems to make decisions when circumstances arise that uh, the system isn't really, I guess, designed to, to deal with. You know, we have, uh, it's like we always say, you have commanders and you have leaders, and we always say commanders in this case, but we have commanders in the system to make exceptions to policy and because that's, that's when we know that, hey, the, the policy that's in place or the system that's in place, you know, it's the right one 98% of the time, but there's always that maybe 1% to 2% where you have to make a judgment call to get the, the, the right outcome. And so that's why I think investing in people is so important. You're building for the future. And you're, you're, you're building for today. That reminds me of uh, people first. I really like that saying, invest in people. Yeah, I mean, again, you, you put people first because that's the first place you should think about when you start talking about where are you going to put your time, where are you going to put your energy. And, you know, in a lot of cases, where are you going to put your resources. And I think a lot of that's going on right now on Fort Hood. I mean, we have the People First Center, which I think 
most people have heard about, maybe maybe not a whole lot. I didn't uh, know that there was a center, actually, oh, sir. Oh, wow, yeah. wow, okay. Well, you know, we need, we need to do a little bit better job of talking about it then. Because, <laughs> because well, you're I, in the right place, sir. All right, well, it, well, it's the first of its kind in the Army, and this this was an initiative that the uh, 3rd Corps and Fort Hood Commanding General, uh, Lieutenant General White, really spearheaded. And the, the idea behind it is that we, we, while people first might and should and will um, permeate everything across the installation, all of the different echelons of leadership as a, as a way to focus, you know, kind of our attention and our resources. We talked about that a little bit a minute ago in a single spot where we have, you know, this one location where we can bring together expertise. We can bring together resources and we can bring together, you know, effort and training and education uh, to that end to invest in our people, we should do so. And that's and I think that's what the People's uh, First Center is is it's going to be and it's going to be operational around the 1st of October. Ooh. Uh so oh, uh we, we put we've already put a lot of time and effort into it. 3 core has, the garrison uh, team has as well. And really it, it is a tangible manifestation of this installation's commitment uh, to making that mantra, you know, people first a reality. Um which I think I think it already is, but you know, every day you know, we come to work thinking of what are the different ways, what can we do today, I guess, to make it you know, more tangible, more, more um, visible, and more effective, most of all, for the soldiers and families on this installation. That's so cool. I didn't realize it was happening so soon, sir. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It's coming, it's coming fast, and it's coming uh, furious, I guess you'd say. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but, it, but it's been a big push over the last uh, few months, especially since I came into command uh, again, not my initiative. I just kind of jumped on the train, you know, and, and trying to commit to it uh, along the way. So where, where did the idea come from for it, sir, if it wasn't from, from you? Well I, well, I mean, I think it's, uh, prob- it's probably the result of, I mean, it predates, you know, predates my arrival here. But I, my guess is, and I think it's a pretty good guess, is that it, it's the result of collaboration from a lot of different leaders across the base. You know, one of, one thing that the commanding general here is, uh, you know, very very conscious about is hearing from you know leaders at all echelons, and I think based on that input, and based on his own vision about how he wants, you know, Fort Hood to uh, to grow uh, in this area, that that's where it came from. So I think it's hey, let's let's do something that's tangible, something you can see, something that you can actually go visit, uh, that isn't just a a monument. You know, that it's, it's something that's functional. I think that's a really great idea. It also helps for uh, a lot of the community and the people to have a physical place to see other than a hashtag on social media. <laughs> yeah, it, absolutely. And, and hopefully uh, a lot of those hashtags that you'll see will start to refer <laughs> to this, uh, this tangible manifestation of Fort Hood's commitment. Agreed. Where will the center be located? Well, any of the old Fort Hood veterans will recognize the old Mission Training Complex, uh, which uh, you know was, has been since replaced by a magnificent facility, uh, you know, the, uh, the Mission Training, the new Mission Training Center, which is over by our uh, uh, closer to our DRIF, our Deployment Deployment Readiness Reaction Field. But the old the old Mission Training Complex, large facility, uh, with a lot of space and a lot of capability. Well, certainly we don't want that building to just go to waste, sit there and you know, weeds grow around it or whatever might happen. Of course, we wouldn't let that happen. But, <laughs> but, but, this, but this is a, an absolutely great idea to put that facility to use uh, in a way that will benefit everybody on the installation. 
And who's allowed to utilize this facility, sir? Oh, everybody. I mean, you know, it's not like we're, it's going to be a club or something. <laughs> where, you know, we're, hey, are you in the People First Club? No. Yeah. I think just by wearing the, the Army uniform and being associated with the United States Army, uh, you're automatically a member of that club. So everybody, every leader, every individual soldier, I think especially for leaders, because the leaders on this installation, any other installation, that, that's your business. People are your business. And so if you're looking for a resource, if you're a company commander, battalion commander, staff officer, a non-commissioned officer at any echelon, and you're looking for a resources to where you can truly invest back in the people that make up your organization, this will be a place you can go, and either the resource will be there or the folks at, at that location are going to be able to help you find out where it is, and they'll, they'll point you in the right direction. That's an amazing opportunity. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, speaking of leaders, you recently met with um, a group of people from the Central Texas Rising Leadership to discuss, you know, leadership styles and and a, a basically engaging with the community. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, absolutely. So that was one of the more enjoyable <laughs> uh, activities I've gotten to do as a commander. And, it's, and it's, I say that almost every time because it seems like every day I have something new that I, that I get to do as the garrison commander. And I was like, wow, that was really fun. Um, but this really uh, takes the cake because um, I, I was allowed to sit in a room. And it was funny. I walked in, and the room is set up. It's very much like a conference. It's, it's, a, it's a formal developmental session. You have these young, up-and-coming uh, leaders of various communities throughout Central Texas in there, people who have been identified for their talent you know, and their, their ambition in a positive way to make an impact on their communities. And they're sitting there across, uh, you know, this table at the end of the room, and there's a podium up at the front of the room, which I think the initial intent was for me to go stand behind this podium and and lecture on, you know, for those out in the audience, I'm I'm doing the quotation marks hand (laughs) signal around lecture. And I tell you, that is so ineffective. Yeah. No one wants to be talked to. Right. You know, they want to, they want to have a conversation. So what I did was I, I pulled a chair out and I actually just sat across the table from them and had a great interchange. Um, I had provided them with a couple things, provided each a member of the audience a, a couple of things I had written over the years because that's what they asked for, something that could give some insights about how I think about leadership. And I felt a little silly because I'm like, who wants to read stuff that I've written? And, um, <laughs> and, but, but they did, uh, which I found a, a bit surprising, but, but they did, and it, and it was good that they did because then that allowed us to have a conversation. We were able to kind of have a really lively uh, and engaged back and forth, a dialogue uh, on various aspects of things that I had written about and other things that they were just curious about. And I got out of it just as much as I gave, probably more, to be quite honest with you. And it was just a great exchange with a great group of people. And it reinforced to me just how special uh, the relationship is between Fort Hood and the Central Texas community. The fact that uh, someone like me would be asked to come and participate as a teammate in that kind of environment was was truly um, humbling yeah. for, for me personally. But man, you want to talk about something that just gives you a lot of hope about the future too, because the individuals that I engaged with during that, were, you could just tell, just so impressive. Uh, the future is in good hands. I don't think anyone needs to Glad ever to worry about that. that. So, <laughs> Glad to hear that. Great experience. <laughs> I was going to say, it may seem surprising to you, but that probably made a really big impact on all of those upcoming leaders. Uh, maybe it did. I hope so. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I, and I got, uh, it's funny because uh, one person asked me afterward, I was like, hey, are you on LinkedIn? 
And I said, yes, uh, I haven't, haven't really updated my account probably in, in several months since I left the <laughs> Pentagon, uh, but it inspired me to get back on LinkedIn, and, I, and I, there were, uh, I guess, network, well, not really friend requests, but you know, network requests right. on LinkedIn from uh, almost the entire group. Oh. So, so it is actually in the last few days, it's given me a chance to engage on some, uh, in some pointed conversations about different leadership topics with them through that medium as well. So it's, it continues. Like I said, you invest invest back in the community and guess what you get back you get back a return that's you know tenfold of what you put in and, and this was just a very very small example of what goes on here every day on this installation and, and in the surrounding communities yeah absolutely well we've discussed investing in people now we have to discuss like where they work so now we have to discuss where people live and investing in those people's homes as well um so do you want to, let's, let's get into Fort Hood family housing, break that down a little bit for us. Yeah. Family housing on Fort Hood is, you know, it's, it's a, it's a unique challenge, but it's, a, it's an important one. And we're very fortunate on this installation to have some really, really good partners. You know, our lend lease partners here on Fort Hood, the site manager here, Mr. Chris Albus, and then his entire team are, are just a great group of individuals. And uh, most of whom are either retired military, so they understand. They've lived in fam- military housing themselves right. for decades previous to this, uh, or their family members, and so they, they experience that firsthand. Right. So the, the urgency and the importance of quality housing for our soldiers and family members on the base is first and foremost in their mind. Now, only 25% of our families live on the base. The remainder live out in the community. But okay. but because there's a you know, 25%, which is a relatively small percentage, but significant number overall, uh, you know, we, we have to take good care of it. We have to make sure it's the highest quality possible. And, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about investments. Again, so I'm going to come back to that common theme. The Army, through their enterprise-level partnership with Lynn Lease and Family Housing, and that's because that's a partnership that's managed at the highest levels, have determined that, uh, you know, uh, we want to invest back in, in, in family housing here at Fort Hood. So Lend Lease, you know, is putting half a billion, that's a billion with a B, <laughs> uh, dollars back into our, our family housing here on the installation. And that's going to that's gonna manifest itself. It's already started to manifest right. itself in a lot of different ways. Yeah. But over the next several months, you're going to see more and more. It's really going to pick up speed. So, uh, for example, we have had, you know, we, 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 there's a lot of things we've needed to do. Tree pruning, uh, curb repair, uh, you know things like that that affect the quality of the living experience on the base. Uh, but not only that, you know, eventually, really, or starting early next year, you're going to start to see construction of new houses on on the base, and those houses are going to be targeted at our junior enlisted soldiers and their families, which is exactly the right place to to put that initial big push, um, you know, to make sure that you know these new New soldiers that, you know, many of whom, this is their first, maybe their first duty assignment or maybe their second duty assignment, but at the very least, they're new to the Army. They're new to being out here in the world. And we already put this massive weight on their shoulders with everything we ask them to do on a daily basis uh, to to protect, you know, our country, to support our national security objectives, to deploy, to train. Well, the least we can do, you know, is, is to give their families a peace of mind about they have a good, high-quality, safe uh, place to live. And, and, you know, we've done that for a long time, and when we're committed as an Army with our Lindley's partners of doing that even better in the years to come. 
And just to give our audience a bit of a scope for what's coming, there are about 2,500 new roofs, 1,300 interior renovations, 800 exterior paint jobs, 500 new homes being built as of uh, starting in 22. Um, But aside from those who live in on-post housing, is this going to affect any of the soldiers currently living in the barracks, sir? Okay, absolutely. So if you've been driving around Fort Hood, you've probably noticed, you know, various barracks buildings in, in uh, different stages of renovation. And, and that's, that's the, kind of the theme here, renovation. So uh, we, all, we're all, we have 99 barracks currently on Fort Hood. We've actually got funding to do a 100th barrack, build that brand new here pretty soon. Uh, but, you know, we, we, our, our barracks are old, like a lot of our facilities. You know, they've been, they've been around for a long time. And uh, we've known that they need to get renovated. And so the challenge is always, you know, timing and resources. Uh, luckily, uh, we have eight of those uh, barracks that need renovation currently underway with uh, a like number uh, programmed in to be done within the next, you know, two to three years. Uh, so those ones you see going around, it's a pretty amazing process. You'll see these, bar- these barracks buildings that have been stripped down to really a skeleton. And then what the renovation team does after they've stripped it down, they go back in and they rebuild the innards, if you will, uh, uh, to, a, to a very, very high quality, modernized, and to uh, the new Army standard for barracks, which, which provides each soldier with more living space and more opportunities for privacy, uh, which is what we're trying to get to. So it's, it's, it's really not just is it, a, is, it, is it a quality thing. It's also responsive to what you know, soldiers today want and need. You know, what a soldier wanted or, or, or needed, I guess, in 19, and there are many things, are, many things are still the same, I'd say the vast majority, but there are some things that change over time. Expectations change a little bit, and I think this is a way to address those in a, in a meaningful way so that our soldiers are, are even better prepared to do all of the, the, the difficult things that we ask them to do every day. Yeah, that's a lot of changes because I know that they are renovating the, bar- the reception barracks area too. Oh, that's all yeah. part of the same effort. Oh, it's all the same. All part of the okay. same effort. Yeah, you know, and it's uh, I mean, yeah. So you know, you're the you're a brand new Fort Hood soldier. You know, that's your first impression, mm-hmm. and uh, it's so important. It is so important because you only get what that old saying. You only get one chance to make yes, a first impression. Yeah. I agree. And we have you know the, those formative periods in soldiers' careers mm-hmm. with them and their family. That is going to go a long way to determining if that soldier decides with their family to continue to serve. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're at a war for talent. I mean, and and the most talented people are the, are often the most difficult to keep in. Yeah, because they have options. Right. And so what we want to do is we want the army to be a desirable and effective option for their future. And you know what? It, it helps when uh, there's a, you know, obvious uh, signs that, hey, the Army cares about me. They value my service. They value my talents and skills. Um, and I'm going to give back 100% to my country and to the Army. For that. That's kind of the mentality you're trying to inspire mm-hmm. here. And people come with it. You know, there are some people, you know, they, they have it just instilled in them, you know, from an early age. Other people, maybe not so much, but they learn it. You know, the, there's like a, the old debate about, okay, well, why did you join the Army? Well, I don't think why you join the Army is as important as why you stay. Yeah, absolutely. I like that quote. Yeah. I've nice. never thought about it that way. That's really interesting. 
I've never asked that question. <laughs> I've all, it's always been the first one. I'm, I'm shocked that no one has asked you that question. <laughs> no, no, literally nobody ever has. Yeah, I can, I can tell you a long, funny story about how I ended up at the uh, United States Military Academy, but we probably uh, don't want to get into that today. It's, uh, <laughs> I probably think it's a lot funnier than what it really is. Oh, so okay. We, we won't bore the audience with that today. <laughs> no, you're fine. So you've been in roughly about 90 days as the garrison commander here at Fort Hood. Are there any top highlights that you've had looking over the last 90 days? Other than this one. I know this is number one. (laughs) You know, this whole job is a highlight. I I, I mean, and and I'm not saying that in a joking manner at all. The Army doesn't prepare people, officers like me, to to be garrison commanders purposefully. They prepare us kind of in other ways. But, you know, until you get kind of slated for this and they send you to a pre-command course, there's really not a a great deal of deliberate effort to prepare you for this kind of job because, um, well, for a lot of reasons, you know, they're, they're using me for other things <laughs> up to this point. <laughs> but I feel like I just hit the lottery. I mean, I really do. Uh, I, I, have, I am enjoying this job as much as anything I've ever done in the Army. And that's saying a lot because when I was a squadron commander at Four Cars and I didn't think there was absolutely any way to top that. And while I wouldn't I – I would never say that, you know uh, – Commanding uh, the garrison is greater than commanding 410 Cav at Fort Carson. I will say it's 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 on about about the same level. Which you want to talk about? How many people get to say that? How many people get to say that? Not only have they had one, they've had two just magnificent yeah. career experiences, professional mm-hmm. experiences. But if you're talking about highlights, I mean, uh, I'm impressed on a daily basis by the quality of of the civilian workforce that I get to kind of interact with and work with every day and. You know, sometimes I say, well, lead the workforce. But in reality, I think they're leading me in so many cases, uh, in fact, most cases. They're teaching me new things every day. It's, it's an adventure. I mean, I, 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 I'm learning about endangered species, you know, <laughs> environmental <laughs> concerns, uh, mm. housing, budgets, utilities, and energy management, and re- utilities uh, in, in, in the sense of uh, renewable, right. you know, renewable energy interacting with community leaders. Uh, so I would say that maybe is probably one of the more interesting ones is the interaction with the community, whether it be chambers of commerce, uh, elected officials, um, the, the Central Texas leadership uh, opportunities, the Council of Governance you talked, we talked about yeah. earlier. To me, that, th- those things are just, you can't beat those because uh, it, it's a way for you to, to give back and then at the same time get a lot yeah. from a personal and professional perspective. So it's an, the whole thing's a highlight. It's difficult for me to narrow it down, but I, you know, I love the people I work with. I love this job. I, I'm excited. It's Monday, right? So yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was sun, I was up on Sunday, you know, and you know, you, you know, that you have a problem if you're dreading going into work the next day. Let's just say I don't have that problem. <laughs> That's great. So I think it's safe to say that um, you you would consider that the People First initiative extends out into the community and isn't just specific to soldiers on Fort Hood? Absolutely not. I mean, it, it does, it is not limited. Uh, I think one of the, one of the things that we, uh, especially if you're a Fort Hood veteran, you, you can, if you're not careful, take for granted sometimes is the incredible support that we get from Central Texas. All of these towns, Colleen, Harker Heights, Coppers Cove, Temple, Salado, Belton, you know, all, I mean, there's I could go through all of them, mm-hmm. uh, but they're they're just in, just incredible communities, and they I, I've seen it personally uh, in the early days of uh, you know 
earlier days of my career, in the early 2000s, when this base, for the first time in a while, went to war. And we went through a very, very difficult period uh, at the early stages and really throughout with lots of casualties and the stress of being in deployments. And you could see this community around us that we are an intricate part of. You know, we're not a separate community. We're all part of the same thing. Step up and really support the soldiers and families here. So, uh, so, so yeah, when you start about people first, we're talking about not just people in uniform, not just necessarily family members. We're talking about people in the community who have given back to us. Over the last 12 months, again, you know, Fort Hood's been through some difficult and challenging times. But what have we seen? We've, we've seen, despite all of, uh, you know, the, some of the perceived you know, bad things or whatever, what we've seen is we've seen the good things, I think, come to the surface and get stronger because of our willingness to learn, our willingness to help each other, and the realization that this is not the Fort Hood, greater Fort Hood community. This is the greater Central Texas community, yeah. of which Fort Hood is just a part. Absolutely. Well, sir, any, any final thoughts, any closing thoughts? I got lots of thoughts, uh, you know, <laughs> you uh, want to share. Uh, no, yeah, no. Hey, I just I thank you for letting me be here today. And uh, for everybody listening, there's, there are a lot of great things going on at the great place. Now, when I said the great place, I, I was not doing the air quotes with my fingers. <laughs> because, we can attest he was just not. Just to clarify. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely I mean, not. I was not because this is, this is truly the great place. My, some of my best, if not my best, personal and professional memories as an army officer were made here at this installation. And that's the great thing about being the garrison commander is that hopefully I can have an impact in a positive way. Uh, and really for the, for the goal of helping as many soldiers and family members as possible that are stationed here to have and build those same types of memories. Well, I can definitely say as a junior soldier, it was such a great opportunity to be able to participate in this conversation with you today, sir. So thank you for being here. Thank you very much. The month of August is designated Anti-Terrorism Awareness Month, and the folks at the Fort Hood Force Protection Office are offering a wide variety of classes throughout the month and some tips right now. That's right. I'm Master Sergeant Akiola Oladipo, Anti-Terrorism Specialist for U.S. Army Garrison Fort Hood. There are many telltale signs that someone may be leaning towards radicalization and even extremist violence. Know that radical and extremist views are totally against our army values. Know the signs, know the facts, and know how you can help. In most cases, concerning behavior was observed before an attack. Don't be a bystander. First protection starts with you. To make a report here in the Fort Hood military community, the number to call is 254-288-COPS. 254-288-COPS. 2677. That's 254-288-2677. Welcome back. Uh, so we, honestly, what a great interview. Yeah. It was so nice catching up with him and, and hearing everything that he had to say about mm-hmm. people first and investing in people and engaging with the community Yes. Oh, I learned a lot. I'm so excited <laughs> that I didn't get rank struck. You know, like the, the army version yeah. of starstruck. Oh. <laughs> I've never heard that term before. I like it. <laughs> rank struck. Well, okay. So as you heard with Colonel Foster, we are recording today on a Monday. But when this is dropping for everybody, it will be coming out on Thursday, which mm-hmm. is Women's Equality Day. 
Awesome. Ladies. It's actually the 101st anniversary of the 19th Amendment being passed. So, wow. Which gives women the right to vote. Yes. yes. Very important. Very exciting. Yes. Yes. I actually, my unit made a little project for it. Oh. I was able to interview uh, different soldiers of all ranks and uh, get their little insight on the, the special day. So... Perfect. Well, let's let's take a listen. It took almost, I don't know, like uh, 80 years or so before uh, the 19th Amendment was passed in 1920. So change was slow, but um, there were very persistent individuals and groups of people who thought that, um, you know, we're missing half the population and uh, ultimately we got the, the right to vote. Women bring diversity and inclusivity to to the Army through um, their unique perspective and experiences. I think the important thing to realize is women were not always uh, seen in the military, but we have always been here and we will always continue to be here and that's important to recognize. So. What did you think? <laughs> I liked it. Yeah, that was so nice to hear everybody's thoughts. I love that. I, love I think it's it's just so important to recognize like the evolution that we've had as women yeah. in the United States, and uh, you know, there's still there's always going to be room for improvement. But I think it's good to recognize what has happened. Yeah, where we've come from and celebrating. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, very important, yeah. especially you know for the two of you as women in the army. I think it's equally as important to celebrate all of that as well exactly yes. growing up i never heard of gi jane it was That's only G. right I. Joe. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess so. we should all get together and make that happen yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. perfect well anybody have anything exciting happen to them recently um, had a nice long weekend that's great yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well how fun well i think that's pretty much all we got for this week yeah yeah definitely Okay, well, with that, we are signing off. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. This podcast is a U.S. Army Garrison Fort Hood and Fort Hood Public Affairs production. The show's theme music is written and produced by Delicious All-Stars. All our music is obtained through Filter by Song Trader. Have a question or want to share some insights with us? Email us at forthoodpao at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at USAG Fort Hood. And as always, be sure to leave a review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.